This is the Video Junkyard Podcast. A place that appeals to your deepest and darkest fantasies. The dead whose haunted souls hunt the living. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. From this nightmare world emerges a fearsome half-man, half-ape with the strength of 20 demons. And welcome back to another exciting episode of the Video Junkyard Podcast. I'm Joe Peterson. With me, as always, my good friends and co-hosts, Eric Branson and Ryan Steiskel. How's it going? It's going. It's going. That sounds very accurate. Yeah. 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 It's been a day, but here we are. This month is going by too quick again. Like, the other months. Oh, yeah. always do. And, like, time forever and shit. It's like... It's like almost October. I was editing a show today, and anyone who's following along will maybe find this amusing um but i was editing a show today and we were complaining like like oh it's summertime now and we just got you know just got out of school and all this stuff and it's like well <laughs> i'm a little behind on my editing that's okay <laughs> so. yeah it's, it's yeah it's like in the video junkyard where the episode numbers don't matter not anymore yeah. and that's okay <laughs> if we get if we get complaints they're still you know. in order it's just they're very far behind now so yeah and if we anyway if, if we get complaints from people then we'll maybe you know we're doing the george lucas star wars version that's right maybe four five <laughs> yeah. and six then one two three we have a very my, my goal is yeah my goal is to get like a couple out of week and get caught up but you know that sounds like a pretty lofty goal so you'll know by the time you're listening to this if we accomplish it or not that's so right we'll see yeah we're just yeah. we're just gonna wait for a whole other year and you hear people like like oh man did you hear that trump got indicted <laughs> yes <laughs> well yeah. that could be any time um I, that's the thing yeah i was gonna say that might be relevant any given day yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> but uh so well actually and and what we're doing this week is kind of continuing on, inadvertently continuing on from what we recorded last time, whether it comes out or not. <laughs> um, Those one might actually come, come out, out together in some. <laughs> yeah, way. We'll, yeah, we'll we'll link these up. Yeah. But it, you know, we we used to for a while we were doing shows that were kind of paired with other movies. You know, to pair two things together so we could talk about it. And then we kind of got away from that for a while, and we were just talking about we should start doing that again, and we realized we we're already doing it. Um, because last week we looked at what are we calling this our trilogy of like animated Weird adult 80s animated 80s yeah. adult animated which sounds really different than what yeah. it is well yeah well, not that kind of adult no like, um although much to the cases, disappointment yeah. Yeah. yeah stuff that really wouldn't have been aimed at kids like star chaser yeah. i guess that's a oh, little bit it's more. like an older kid audience yeah, yeah. But it still was like not necessarily pandering to kids. It, it was it was poorly written, but that's not the same thing. Like it's, oh, eighties kids totally watch these. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, they looking did. at you and too. I don't think <laughs> I don't think anybody anyone like there was kind of a general consensus that like anything that wasn't hardcore porn was okay for kids in the eighties, like essentially. And even that, but, they grade the line, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is ironic given like the current generation that's making a big hubbub. About you know, learning about gay trans rights in school and shit. <laughs> Not yeah. to be political. I'm just saying. No, no, you bring up a good point with that. Good, because that's not political. It's a human rights is, issue. So, so. yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. And they, they portray it as like this is pornography. I'm like, nope, these are human beings. No, yeah, not at all. <laughs> yeah. you, you get you go to the grade school day and you just turn to them to go, you're pornography. <laughs> confuses them and you hope the dementia sets <laughs> that, in early i mean and and so i like with this one tonight i i remember watching it as a kid and not to jump into that already but it being something that was kind of like all right i guess you can watch it like my parents weren't totally on board <laughs> with it but they you know and it is super tame by what people i was gonna say this people, is pretty tame yeah by what it was probably yeah it's not yeah Right. Uh, I mean, I can see this movie causing some like booty fetishes, but that's about it. There's, yeah, definitely some of that. So, <laughs> I guess to jump right into those said booty fetishes, 
Tonight we are going. That's to our be, magic yes. word. Tonight we're going to be discussing the 1983 Canadian adult animated musical science fiction film Rock and Rule. Rock and Rule. Good band, hot music, the best of times. It could have lasted forever. Journey to a world where the cosmic forces of music, magic, and technology collide, bringing you head to head with a beast from another dimension. The Beauty, songs by Deborah Harry. The Beast, songs by Lou Reed and Iggy Pop. The Beat, songs by Cheap Trick and Earth, Wind and Fire. Also known as Ring of Power outside of North America, directed by Clive A. Smith, screenplay by John Halfpenny and Peter Souter, uh, story by Patrick Lubert and Peter Souter, and stars the voices of Don Franks, Susan Roman, Paul Lamott, Catherine O'Hara. But I think what's the big selling point for this one is the musical contributions. It really gets top billing here, which is Cheap Trick, Debbie Harry, Lou Reed, Iggy Pop, and Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, give you a yeah. I mean, it's yeah. all over like every promotional bit of material that you know. This is a rock and roll movie, and here's our featured artist, which they got a you know a pretty stellar lineup of of late seventies, early eighties rock and roll yeah. artists. Yeah. So, uh, uh, give you a quick synopsis: a man, a malevolent Jesus, I can't talk tonight. Uh, a malevolent rock <laughs> a malevolent, malevolent rock star kidnaps the singer to Jesus. force her to participate in the summoning of a demon, and her band must help to stop it. So more or less, that makes it sound cooler than it really it, is. It really does. But yeah, so I think the first thing to mention too is that every character in this is this anthropomorphized animal, Rash. usually dog, cat, or rodent, and yeah. we get a little bit of an introduction, like a, 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 a not a, a scrawl text, but a prologue at the beginning that kind of just says, "Ah, oh, the, there was a big war," and. All that was left... Humans died. Yeah, everything... Humans died. All that was left was rats, dogs, and cats. And so they mutated into people. And here you go. I think, starting straight out the gate, it's worth mentioning that this studio... um, This was, like, their, like, one big attempt at making an animated film. They did their thing, but they were bought out by MGM. MGM did not care for this film. Uh, did shitty marketing and edited the fuck out of it, and that title mm-hmm. is the one of the first was edits. A con- be- was an, yeah, be- MGM contribution to the film. Yep, because they felt yeah. like we need to explain why there are anthropomorphic fucking uh, cat-rat-dog hybrids seen in musicals. Not that we weren't already at this point exposed to generations of Disney films yeah. uh, prior oh, to yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Um, the, these do look like Disney characters, especially Goof Troop. They, big, oh, yeah. Yeah. they look like to, yeah, they look like Saturday morning cartoon animation yep. from when we were kids. Alvin and the Chipmunks, Goof Troop's another good one. Because um, those mind- type of characters, like yeah, because yeah. there's one character that actually reminded I, I can't remember his name for the life of me, but he was uh, Goofy's neighbor in Goof Troop. Oh, Pete. 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 Yep. Yeah. What? I don't like remember the, the character in this you're talking about, but I remember Pete. Like, Pete, <laughs> yep. Uh, I think it was like one, like the border security guard. Something about his chin reminded me of Pete from Goof Troop. Mm. And I'm like, that's where it started to click. I'm like, this is just a post-apocalyptic Mad Max Goof Troop. That's what this <laughs> is. So, I mean, yeah, it could Which be... further explains everything else. Total headcanon, yeah. It, it works yeah. perfectly for that. It's all connected. Um, <laughs> but, so the, the main setting here is... United States, but it's this post-apocalyptic United States inhabited by knockoff Disney characters. Um, right. And we meet... Does the band have a name? 
I can't remember. Good point. What the heck are they called? I don't called? know if they like, have a that's... name. But we just meet the band, like yeah. Well, maybe they um, they've got to have one. I'm yeah, they got to have a name, and I'm not remembering, but yeah. I don't know. Um, but anyway, it's Omar Angel Dizzy and Stretch. The the Wikipedia play, page just calls them a rock band. Yeah. So Omar <laughs> Angel Dizzy and Stretch perform in a rock band. Okay. And, rock so yeah, band I don't know if we is. have a name. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, the band is essentially Cheap Trick. <laughs> you know? Yes. Um. Yeah, it continue like they they even kind of like look and I think are somewhat based upon the, yeah they're so unfortunately in some cases um, but well and that was it was something that I was um, curious about and we had talked about this before we, we recorded this one I actually reached out to mm-hmm. Bunny Carlos who's the drummer of Cheap Trick and asked if he had any memories of like any interaction or this getting made and he, he kind of confirmed what we had talked about off uh, off mic before that yeah the the characters of omar dizzy and stretch were definitely the three front guys from cheap trick um you know is it uh dizzy who's the drummer even looks like bunny stretch yeah. definitely yeah. looks like rick nielsen and omar is like spitting image of riding robin xander if he was a disney character uh mm-hmm. and then Angel yeah. is Debbie Harry, and who does the singing voice, and she's even modeled after her. And the the villain of this, Mock Swagger, is totally Lou Reed. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, he's it's just, actually he's Mick, just Lou it's, Reed. So. It's Mick Jagger. Mick Jagger, Mock Swagger. Mock Swagger is Mick Jagger. Right. Well, he's I get the, the name. The lip design. Yeah, I guess there's a bit of that, too. Because originally right, they wanted and... him voiced by Mick Jagger. They yeah. do have Iggy Pop. Because uh, it definitely ends up coming out more like Lou Reed. Reed. I got it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's got a little bit of that. Like, all of those guys have a little bit of that same kind of. You could even throw Something, that there's yeah. a, a little bit of there's Bowie, Bowie in there, too. A little yeah. bit of, like, yep. yeah. Just, um, and Iggy as well, which which mocks songs are split between Iggy and, and Lou Reed as their actual. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah, so. so. So that was kind of cool to find out. But he also said that they recorded all the songs before they did the animation. And that the characters were kind of based on them. And then that was it he's like we really didn't have any other interaction yeah. afterward so as it is often with like they yeah yeah led some music to it and but know. i think that's why I think it's interesting that they based it on a real band um i mean this was you know 1981 cheap trick was kind of an it band still yeah. at the time i mean mm. they were you know still riding high i think this was the same year what year did dream police come out so they were like you know three or four highly successful albums and do like a perfect run of oh, records and, and there. So. Blondie was still right. huge yep. at this point Blondie. too. Oh yeah. So, yeah. but uh, what, what about ex- all of them? <laughs> yeah. yeah, really? Yeah. Um, yeah. Earth, wind and fire still, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah. I mean, they were still a familiar name certainly yeah. at the time. So what about got one of the best songs on the one. fucking mil- movie? Uh, arguably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, dance, dance, dance. What's uh, what's your guys' experience with this? Have ever seen it? Heard of it? Anything like that? Reputation only. I knew that there was a Cheap Trick connection. Um, I've I've always I've, I've been a pretty big fan of Cheap Trick since I was a kid, and uh, was aware that there was a connection with this movie. Never saw the movie though. Uh, I think I heard some of the songs at one point, um, just out of curiosity. But this was kind of a tough one to find for many years and now recently it's been re-released dvd there's a blu-ray out with both versions of the film um which is great but yeah never had a chance to see it i'm surprised you said that you had it for years i'm surprised it never uh i never saw it via (laughs) your copy like i did so many other things but yeah never never saw this one so this is a first watch Hmm. this is a first for me as well i never even fucking heard of it I literally, okay. like, found out last week when you brought up, like, hey, you watched Star Chaser, we should watch this. <laughs> it's just like, never heard no. let's do it. I, and, and certainly Star Chaser and Rock and Roll are two of the more obscure 80s <laughs> animated, animated films. Like, I think they have oh, yeah. a, a, kind of a cult fan base in their own right, both yeah. of them, but, yeah. I don't think yeah. any of these were incredibly popular movies no this was not a box office success or anything i we had a copy of this (laughs) on beta when i was a kid like a lot of stuff on beta uh recorded but we had it i remember specifically because my dad was friends with bunny which is how i was able to to reach out to him easily um and 
I think because of their friendship, you know, we my dad was big into cheap tricks, so he had gotten a copy of this, mm-hmm. like a, a, a bootleg of it. And like I was saying before, this was one that we didn't watch a lot, and when we did, it was kind of like, oh, okay. But that was early <laughs> '80s, so I actually didn't remember much of it except for just a few scenes until I was in graduate school in like 2005 and, and the unearthed films thing came out, the, the DVD of it. And there was, because it had developed a cult following as this hard to find film, um, that's comparable to something more popular like heavy metal, which we'll be talking about. Um, Mm -hmm. they, they kind of really pushed, um, the release of this on, on DVD. It was pretty easy to find for a while. Uh, so I, I got it then. That might have been why you didn't see it, because at that point, I think you were living still down in southern Illinois or something. But, um, yeah, yeah, so probably. this is one that, honestly, I I saw as a kid, had an impact, but then didn't see it for a long time, didn't remember much about it. And so my, my more regular viewings have been since about 2005. But I still haven't seen it in a few years since before tonight. So, so that's kind But you got a weird family connection to it. Yeah, it's it's kind of strange, yeah. um, but and that was always something I I remember, like, yeah, this is Cheap Trick because they look like the guys from Cheap Trick, and it clearly sounds like them because it is their music. Um, but it was kind of cool to get that confirmation. Yeah. So, well, that's the thing. Yeah. This this whole thing, like they they filmed this or they recorded the songs well before they figured anything out. Like yeah. uh, one could. One could say that the, the, the script wasn't quite full uh, and was kind of made <laughs> up on the spot from what I've read about it. No kidding. It's history. Yeah, yeah. It, it kind of feels like that a little bit, but it, I don't know. It, Which it, is not it fun kind of feels to do like when they had you a couple have to of animate major... things. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like they had a couple of major plot points and yeah. that's really all they had and then everything else just kind of filled in and it, you know. Like we always say, it's one of those. Well, we'll just we'll, it'll just kind of make itself after we get this, and then you know that doesn't actually work. So, no. <laughs> I mean, because the the, I mean, walking through the plot, I guess a little bit. We movie opens up essentially with this band playing in this nightclub, and Mock, this big rock star, uh, is driving around. And he's looking for this voice, and it's kind of an, a, a fun play on the you know looking for the next big voice producer type mm-hmm. thing. Um, but in this case, Mock actually has this bizarre mission. His uh, music hasn't been selling quite as well as it was before, and so he's really angry, and he's going to just destroy the world by summoning a demon. Yep. That's yep. Yep. That's, a demon from another dimension. Yeah. He's going to open a dimensional portal and let the demon in. Well, because his last album didn't fucking sell well. Yeah. I'm like, nope. That, you know, that's this probably computes, a realistic but... fucking thing. I can yeah. see that happening with some people. I mean, yeah, it's, it's it's definitely a plot device where the more you think about it, the more it makes sense. Because if you just explain it, like, I just, as the words are coming out of my mouth, explain it, like, this sounds fucking ridiculous. Wait, I, actually, no, this makes a lot of sense. We currently yeah. have a former president trying to destroy all of democracy because he can't accept the fact that he lost a popular vote. So we need to get Debbie Harry, <laughs> and we need to get Robin Zander. <laughs> and get Lou Reed. And he, they're all still around. They're all still out. Well, well not Lou, Lou Reed is not, not, not unfortunately. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. The rest of them are can, still touring. He can be the thing we summer. They're out there. Yeah. 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 And yeah, Lou Reed could be the demon. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so Mock invites them. Oh, well, there's the subplot, too, where Omar and Angel definitely have a thing going on, but he p- tries to push her kind of out of the spotlight. He's kind of a let's dick. Just, let's just call it... Yeah, let's yeah. say what it Omar, is. Omar's, Omar's a, a dick. dick. Omar is a bag of dicks. Like, he's just from the get-go, which which his character is what I was referring to as being, you know, like, unfortunately based on Robin Zander, if that's, you know, <laughs> what his yeah. character is actually based on. I'm like, from everything I've heard about Robin, this is not... No. The character is not actually based on him, but... Um, yeah. So they, yeah. yeah, Omar's a Omar's a jerk. Yeah, all throughout yeah, he, the movie, he, he's he's one of those characters that just never really gets redeemed in any way. Like no, yeah, not one and, bit. And then you get Stretch <laughs> and Dizzy, who are kind of portrayed as a kind of a cross between like Scooby and Shaggy and R two and three PO. 
Yes. Yeah. They're the comic relief of the film, but also, um, what's his name? Not Stretch. Uh, the Dizzy. drummer is uh, Dizzy. That's right. You just said it. I forgot already. Um, he's kind of like the brains of the bunch as well. Yeah. Like the he's voice like, of he's the one that a lot. He's, yeah. he's yeah, the Velma. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> I guess it's just Velma and Shaggy. If we just had a Scooby Doo episode it's of Velma, just Velma and, Shaggy. and Shaggy, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, that's that kind of sums them up. But and Stretch is kind of funny. That's definitely more of the comic relief part because you know he's goofy and it really plays up the Rick Nielsen type of stuff that you know the, the silliness yeah. and shit. So so that was that was pretty obvious. But um, so. Mock invites them over because really he's just trying to get Angel and get rid of the other guys. Uh, yeah, kind of the classic, you know, he wants the classic play on um, rock and roll stories. You yeah. hear like you know they want the they want the front person and they're gonna get rid of the useless dead weight that the band is kind of thing. And then they add you know futuristic half animals and demons and all that stuff and make it well i guess that's why like yeah. when it comes to the story i get like the script is all over the place the story is pretty it's pretty redundant to these types it's derivative right of, of that same kind yeah. of thing it's well when we reviewed um phantom of the paradise a while back yeah and that uh generally has kind of the yeah. same plot this mixed this with animated Faust and all that. feature but anyways, like... is is actually based off of an like a 20 minute made for tv thing that's more or less a similar plot but it's like two younger like anthropomorphic fucking mice children and one of them like a girl makes a deal with the devil and the boy tries to help get her out of it like through like i don't know how the fucking whole thing went but it's essentially they're like let's go with that and make a movie out of it yeah. Um, and it, it, so yeah, yeah, like Eric was saying, deal with the devil type situation. But by no right. means that Angel wants to do this deal. <laughs> no, no. In fact, she's resistant throughout. Yeah, from yeah, the very she's beginning. Not, she's not like into mock, except at the very like, in a respect way at the very beginning, and then she she picks up on that he's, you know, he's a jerk too. Well, pretty much when he asks her so, like, "Hey, yeah. leave the band, come with me," she's disgusted at the offer, and it's like, no. Um, yeah, yeah, and all right, all right time to yeah. kidnap. So, so he kidnaps her, and we also meet the uh, the roller skating Schlepper brothers, his servants. Oh, that it's like it's that it's the intros. Beagle Boys from Ducktales, you know. <laughs> yes, yep. it is. <laughs> Again, another Disney connection. So, so many elements that came out. Yeah, stuff like cartoons that were around when we were kids, like, um, yeah, Ducktales for yep. sure. One of, and, one of one of that is ex- like with the humor of when we meet these roller skating goons, uh, like this whole kind of drawn out s- joke, where Omar pretends that one of them is Mock, and it keeps going back and forth and just causing a lot of like cartoonish frustration. Some might find this yeah. like this is the funniest bit, and I'm like this is funny at first, and then it keeps going. I agree. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> this is the punchline, and we're still but doing it. I, I feel like that was kind of the case with a lot of this movie. Is like things that could have taken just a very short period of time were stretched. And and you know, as you were talking about earlier, maybe that's because they kind of had to pad it up, pad <laughs> they up the script. Kind of had a to little pad bit. it. Yeah. yeah. This movie's only an hour and seventeen minutes so. long, and that's with the padding. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. But we also watched the American version that allegedly cut That's out true. a lot That's of true. profanity. That's true. Yeah, which is shorter. So, yeah. um, so. this could have been have a the fucking three-hour three film. <laughs> it really could. Next Lord of the uh, <laughs> We have the three Schlepper brothers. There's Toad, Sleazy, and Zip. Zip being kind of the childlike one. Yeah. And then, what's their... They have a sister, too. What's they have her a name? sister is... Oh, gosh. What is her Cindy. name? Cindy. Cindy? Yeah. Is that... Yeah. I'm looking at the cast list trying to figure out which one is, yeah, Cindy. Yeah. So, the uh, Schlepper brothers essentially help mock, essentially drug the guys. They give them the, what are the Edison balls? The Edison balls, mm-hmm. yeah. And, it's, I don't know, what do you think of Mock's entrance first? Like, oh, God. It was, Mock in general is fucking great. Like, yeah, he really he is. is just, <laughs> yeah, he's a pretty great, like, he's villain. S- 
He's also a great yeah. send-up of the, like, holier-than-thou, like, ethereal rock star type yeah. personality. Like, just to the nth degree, like, think if you mix, like, Prince and Mick Jagger and kind of, like, um, some of these Russell more Brand. mysterious... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, with the um, women part, that's topical. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Russell Brand just wanted to act like a rock star. I don't think he ever contributed anything to anything, so... but. Um. Yeah, yeah. The comedian not, rocks. But, but it, yeah, I mean, anyways, one could so argue that... same with Mock. <laughs> yeah, true. I don't know. I mean, we hear a couple of his songs, and they are pretty goddamn good. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if Mock, if you found out if he was still around, he would probably be doing like a podcast where he does a lot of like counterculture, anti-vaccine. Like false information type bullshit. I would not be surprised. Yeah, I mean, that trash. He's into like you know psychedelic crystals and all, and demons and and you know, yeah, that kind of. So yeah, but he's I also think that makes like sense. quite the capitalist in terms of like the way he has a like stronghold mm -hmm. over yeah. so much shit. Like whatever he says is done. It's kind of like Death right. Clock on Metalocalypse, you know? Like they're, it is. They're a significant part of the world economy. <laughs> Like there's legitly like a part where they do they don't show it like it's a small clip but they do try to do the demon summoning and it doesn't work which by the way is I felt very awkward when I saw that bit where like did we miss a scene was a scene completely cut uh, because they just kind of briefly like give mention to like we did this thing and then jump over like well that failed we got to go do this again and like they got. They're just going back to the other fucking location that the movie yeah. started in to do this thing at the end. But, like, right there, it's just, like, you fucking yeah, it, partial chaos, and they're like, yeah, you can do another show. I wonder if <laughs> that's in the original you. version of the film. I don't know if it is or not. Um, it doesn't mention that it is. So. Yeah, you kind of, yeah, they just kind of, think... like, try to sell that Mach is all-powerful already. You know, like, yeah. well, maybe that's the whole, like, rock and rule thing, like, musicians have this big stronghold. So the more yeah. popular are, the more you control, which is again a metaphor for no, that's not too crazy sounding considering how this shit yeah. typically goes. I think there's a little bit of commentary on kind of like the old guard of rock and roll giving away to these what were young art, new young artists at the time, um, kind of. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. But but Mach is fucking like... his his entrance where he just kind of like manifest or like beams in right oh yeah 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 and he's just oh, like yeah, when he... they show like his skeletal structure yeah. and shit and he just forms and he's holding the and... anyone want a beer you know it's yeah right right away <laughs> there are some that great was... mock lines there's one where when he and uh angel get into a big fight and he like starts to choke her and then the screen goes black and you hear him just thrashing shit and one of the Schlepper brothers shines a flashlight on him, and he's like, alone in this dark room, everything's trash. And he's like, she can sing, she can scream, but she still pissed me off. <laughs> yeah. Love that line. <laughs> Even as, it's one of the lines I remember as a kid laughing at. <laughs> he's such a, yeah. like, uh, drama queen. Like, oh yeah, yeah. When he doesn't get affirmation from like everybody around, which again is something is I feel like is a bit realistic of a certain personality type, right? That they're kind of, you know, there's so many fun at or like, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> so like, many. Well, it, it um, Mott kind of reminds yeah. me of Bob Geldof in the Wall movie. The, oh, the yeah, film yeah. of Pink Floyd. Yeah, he, he actually has kind of a, a little bit of that look yeah. as well, too, like a, to him, mm -hmm. but. So, but, uh, yeah, and then it's it's weird because the rest of the band, they've been drugged, and they get worried, and so they they start asking around, like, how they can help get her back. Because they, they figure she doesn't want to be there. Yeah. And meanwhile... But Omar doesn't give a fuck. He just thinks... He so. acts like he does it, but he does. Yeah. You know. He's still a yeah, dick. I think he's playing tough guy, but he's still yeah, he's still a dick. He doesn't get he doesn't get off of like no. I think he does care. The character is yeah, but does care about it. But so they sneak away back to her. Well, no, they find her at the club, right? Or they try to. We should to. talk about her getting out they, of the club. Well, yeah, getting out when she meets her at the club. When she meets Cindy. Because Cindy. Cindy is quite no, a yeah, character okay. worth talking That's, about. Yeah. Cindy's... She is, how would you describe Cindy? <laughs> she's like Cindy a... Cindy looks exactly like her brothers, but 
she know, has like the female version so yeah, promiscuous like, the like young player. college girl kind of yeah they're all on roller skates <laughs> but she's she's but she's built like a linebacker so yeah holy shit with yeah. the white panties yeah. coming out constantly with her skirt fluttering around and you can just see the ass tattoo which becomes like an important plot device yeah later yeah oddly enough that whole like uh, how easy she was like uh manipulated well more or less manipulated by angel to get out of there like under the guise of like you just want to break out and just hang out at the club yeah totally want to do that yeah let's go do it and go through the fucking like air vents and at one point like fall down one of them and the ass cheeks make an end in outside of like one of the fucking uh air vents and i'm like wow it has a lot <laughs> of disney she, like, animated gags a ton yep. of them like that they got the crevasse yep. and everything and then it just exits which not to be nitpicky but like her ass is not the largest feature that she has it is definitely her shoulders so i am yeah. confused how that worked but <laughs> yeah they get out attention to detail yeah. i guess um yeah they get out yeah. and out to the off to the, the club, club. And speaking of that tattoo um harley the way quinn when, she reminds me of harley quinn Sorry. yeah 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 um that tattoo was what led uh the or you're connected back to where omar stretch and dizzy when they get to is it nuke nuke york city nuke york yeah yep. nuke york and they're talking to Dizzy's um, aunt. Yeah, so it led by Catherine le, lead them to Aunt Yeah, which is the only like name movie star that you're gonna see in this cast list, and it's a bit part. Yeah, is uh, and you don't by recognize other, the voice than Catherine very much. Yeah, which is so someone who has a very distinct voice, right? And it, yeah, I didn't yes. really pick it up, but um, yeah, early role for her. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of how they they get on the trail. They're looking for Cindy's ass tattoo, is essentially what they're they're <laughs> the told she goes wings. to a certain club. Oh, yeah. And yeah, so they're gonna go find Cindy, and so they can find Angel. And it just so happens that Cindy and Angel have snuck out of Mock's complex to go to the club that at that same time. Yeah. So, um, uh, and convenient. That's when we hear the Earth, Wind, and Fire music. Yeah. Yeah. Which was, yeah. Which was and there's a very, good. very long, interestingly animated, sometimes in a good way, sometimes not sequence. <laughs> oh uh, God! During like, that, what is it? So. What's his name? The fucking Shaggy archetype. Oh, Stretch. Stretch. Yeah. Sure it is. Stretch. He's like slithering through like cleavage and various fucking like ass cheeks and shit through this crowded area. Yep. Like. Mm -hmm. There's lot lots of cleavage and but well butt cleavage like it's all just cleavage it basically just is so much cleavage. On, so like... <laughs> yeah, it's like and going back to the fire, Badlands. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. It's uh that yeah. I'm wondering if that's what my parents were worried about when I was a kid, but I don't know. Maybe it could be. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, I mean it's it. It's a little bit questionable, but I, uh, you know, it's actually one of those things that probably kind of floats right by a kid and doesn't even really. Like, the the language, yeah. the few times you hear language in this, like shit, you know, there there's a few times that's dropped, and that's what caught my attention as a kid because oh, that was a word I wasn't supposed to say, but um, <laughs> right, you know, like when one of the guys on the streets gets shot or vaporized or something like that, you know, there's oh there's yeah, that, you know, um, there's a few vaporizations, yeah, surprisingly. Uh, so they, Cindy and Angel get caught and they get take back, taken back to Mock's place and the band gets like brainwashed, they get drugged again they get brainwashed with the Edison well, they run, they run out and they find Mock and there's that one weird scene where it seems like yeah. Angel is like kissing up to Mock and like Omar fucking loses it and then yeah, yeah. sometimes sometime they, they get captured There's... but they don't show that but can we talk oh. about what that girl for a second? The mom. Yeah, angel? like one of the coolest ideas of, of of characters in this movie is the yeah the 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 girl. What did they call her? Like faceless? I don't know. Something like it was a cool yeah. idea though, and yeah. underused. Mm -hmm. There's just a character who's wearing a mask of 
uh, Angel's face, and they just take it off, and she just looks like a complete fucking meth head. Like, like yeah. mange all well, over. She's almost, like, got no face. Like, it's very skeletal. Like, yeah. she's just... So you kind of get the idea that she's a, a character, or she's a person who makes a living by impersonating people. Like, either with impressive masks or however she's able to do that. I wouldn't be surprised um, if it was prostitution. <laughs> be honest. Like, but, I can be whatever girl you want me to be. <laughs> like, right, right. But, yeah. Yeah, it was the kind of a cool idea. But, but, but with her playing, she pretends to be Angel. Mock convinces Omar that, you know, yeah. Angel's actually into Mock and um, he should go back to Om. <laughs> city or whatever hometown and, uh hometown Home that's town. right yeah. and uh and yeah, yeah. they they get the they the get captured, balls though. and um and they're they're hanging up back in hometown like playing gigs but they're just totally out of it um, so yeah it, like the edison ball effect never went away entirely they're like they're just kind of like hypnotized out at that point like they've yeah kind of seems like they've forgotten angel their hip yeah in some yeah. sort of trance and then they get zapped okay. out of it um and then all of a sudden they, they realize like oh you know like there's a power surge overload thing and that's when they start seeing okay there's posters like mock's gonna be doing this thing do they ever really they don't really figure out exactly what he's trying to do but they just know they need to go get angel and Mock's yeah. plan is to get her to sing the certain frequency at the concert that's going to summon the big demon. It's a, yeah, like a, a musical passage. Like, she yeah. has to sing these certain notes. Yeah. And the yeah, perfect voice vibration. singing those notes will yeah. open the gateway. Yeah. And you have to have enough it's power, a, because that's the reason the first attempt failed. Because they didn't have enough power in Nuke City, hence why they went back to this other place, because apparently it has a, more, yeah. a stronger power source. Oh, Ohm Town, which is not only a play on the like hometown, but also Ohms as in electricity, is the one that has the electric electrical power. Yeah. To uh, this movie's just full of clever stuff. Like yeah. That. Cute, um, cute single I, I, ostrich <laughs> and audience laughing. Uh -huh. uh, I do want to <laughs> mention that Mock is figuring out his plan by talking to his computer, and he asks, yeah. you know, the computer tells, which is such a you know info dump, but. He asks, this is, well, like, there's a lot of info, Tom. Yeah. What's, that the only way to... <laughs> the whole, the, opening the only scroll, way to get the right. plot forward. The computer tells no him down. the only way to stop this demon he's going to summon is with one voice, one heart, one song. And Mock's like, well, who can do that? And it says, no one. Specifically. Not like nobody, but no one. Like, so it says that, a couple that, things, that, and then, yeah, it, no it one. Plays, it it's, plays into that here in a minute. It's kind of yeah. cool. Um, it's really not. It's very like, oh god. You won't be able to figure out what they mean, what they by, mean that, by that, especially since there's two singers in the band uh -huh. that we, uh, yeah, that are fighting for the spotlight. Hey, um, mm -hmm. so they get there and they have to fight off the. Oh, well, I was gonna say the the Schlepper brothers, but there's one thing I want to mention about Zip and his love for Uncle Mikey. Yeah, yeah we, we gotta talk Uncle about Uncle Mikey. Uncle Mikey. <laughs> Because that's Schlepp's favorite, like, children's show to watch. And Uncle Mikey is fucking awesome. It's just such a short little fucking clown. It's this shit. weird little animated, it, but it's this totally different animation style. It looks more like South Park. Yep. Um, of Uncle Mikey. Or like Monty Python. Like yeah, or Monty Python cartoons. Um, yeah. And Uncle Mikey just teaches basic, like, right from wrong. What's <laughs> good and evil. And, and, and Zip is a little whispered. confused. I don't... Like Zip starts getting very too. confused. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah so... that's been the whole philosophical debate between him and uh, Mock. Yeah, because well, he starts yeah. to get worried that they're evil because Uncle Mikey's been talking to him. <laughs> it's one. Of, it's it's that meme of like, are we the bad guys? <laughs> like, uh, definitely. Well, in, in the little Uncle Mikey cartoon, how he shows good versus evil is. Is this person being good or evil? And it's a guy with a cannon and a cow. <laughs> he shoots I the cow that. with the cannon. The Uncle Mikey cartoon is fantastic. It might be the best it thing really in this movie. <laughs> then you've got like a cow sitting on a couch, and the guy comes in and like gives him something to drink and pats him on the head. That's being good. <laughs> and yeah, just the whole Uncle Mikey and Zip is really pulled into it. 
and yeah, he starts asking Mock, like, are we the bad guys? And Mock pretty much blows him off and then tells him, quit watching Uncle Mikey. Um, yeah. No and, Santa Claus, no Easter Bunny, no my Uncle yeah. Mikey. <laughs> Which means this is not the first conversation they've had about being good or bad, probably. Right. So. Likely not. Yeah. So. But all of that kind of actually, unfortunately, like, not unfortunately, but, like, actually kind of works, like most things in this movie don't really, but kind of makes Zip a little bit of an endearing character, which will, yeah. you know, be significant they, in, in the, the end, climax, but, yeah. 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 Which, at, at this point, to Stretch and Dizzy are kind of not doing anything. Like, they're they're doing stuff, but that's they're not the focus. Um, they become yeah, side. Really Dizzy, Dizzy, yeah. Dizzy's done more in the beginning, but yeah, is yeah faded away at this point. Yeah, um, if they would have just listened to Dizzy, they wouldn't be in this mess in the first place. So uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but he hooks so, Angel up to a fucking synthesizer to force her to sing, which yeah. is horrifying. <laughs> to, yeah, like a crucifies her up on this like thing. Essentially, it looks she looks like she's being tied up to be sacrificed to Kong on the. Yeah, I was gonna say, um, <laughs> like the lingerie, not lingerie, but the, the, the loin the, outfit. Yeah, the the toga. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's essentially wearing a toga um, and forced to sing, and it opens the portal. And again, when the, and the the song they play when that's happening is also pretty cool because that's what's it called pain. Yeah. And, Hatred or something like that. Um, <clears throat> pain and suffering. Pain and suffering from, pain and from Iggy suffering Pop by Iggy Pop. And that's yeah. what that's when Iggy or Mock changes over from Lou Reed to Iggy. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's not not that that's a huge change, really. But it, yeah, again, and I, I'm sure we'll be talking about this again here in a minute. But the music in this is actually pretty cool. Like the Cheap Trick it's the tracks are really good. Yeah the Lou Reed tracks that the song my name is mock is actually pretty fucking cool <laughs> like I could yeah I could see that getting covered or or that you know it's Lou Reed man it's Lou Reed yeah <laughs> yeah even it's triumph is weird but it's yeah the triumph of the glory of me or it's just yeah they really <laughs> sell that mock is insane um and yeah, he actually yeah the, the songs are very well placed mock songs make sense for like it seems like the only time they were paying attention to the music or they weren't just like because the cheap trick songs that are in here are cool and and actually kind of um uncharacteristic of cheap trick like they tried to like meddle them up a little bit (laughs) like uh um but they're actually good songs i i um but they don't have anything to do with the movie no like they've just kind of like grabbed some you know yeah it's some tracks their their songs are all like what they would be playing at a concert because that's where you, you hear them playing right. is in a concert, and even even Debbie Harry's stuff, you know, that when Angel's singing, it's at the concerts or it's Mock forcing her. Um, but yeah, the Mock yeah. stuff actually feels like it was written for this movie. Yeah, like it has something to yeah. do with. And the I movie. think yeah. later on, Lou Reed did include some of those songs, and I think so did Iggy Pop. Uh, put some stuff, uh, put these things on some albums at some point, like a Deep Cuts album or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So they're out there, but yeah, we, we start hearing Iggy Pop as the demons being summoned, and the demon summoning is actually, it looks pretty cool, because again it's a different style of animation, it's I don't know how to describe it um, I don't, it it's not Kind of like the wall, a little bit Yeah, it's it's like, a yeah. very different style um, and the demon's just this gigantic can't really call it a dragon it's just this big beast-like monster mass yeah it's like a mass of like mass of like bones and goo and shit but it's like orangish like molten lava or some shit yeah it's a combination of fiery like yeah yeah and so angel kind of reminds me of noxious from fern gelly i could see that but red in terms of like its animation Mm -hmm. like it's very fluid Mm -hmm. um and it has like a worm tongue that's like grabbing people and eating them yeah i mean it's a hell of a show you know it's fucking it literally hell of a show and yeah angel angel gets the idea well if i could i like what's her line i i could sing it up i can sing it back down and yeah she tries singing her song and it's 
working but not really and then that's when omar joins and you get this cool duet with debbie harry and robin sander and it's actually pretty yeah. fucking cool <laughs> yeah yeah i mean purely music wise it's pretty great it's a i do think they broadcasted that you know as being the answer to the whole thing like way too yeah early in the film but i mean yeah. no hey, one it it's it two like, it works <sighs> yeah well i mean we, we could have seen this the... coming even without that yeah. right right yeah we didn't need that no <laughs> like the first the first interaction they had i'm like well there there's their journey as characters that's that's the sign of growth mm-hmm. if this occurs that they you know omar kind of like shared the spotlight because angel was fine <laughs> angel didn't right. need to learn anything new uh to be honest like the angel character is kind of most of the characters aren't very interesting minus like the ones that we brought up like mock and mm-hmm. maybe a couple others but they're all kind of fairly generic but um zip sacrifice we didn't mention zip sacrifice yeah He's, yeah. he's sacri- uh, to right save before Omar, the yeah. scene and thing. Yeah. Yep. To save Omar and uh, Angel, I believe. Mm-hmm. Both both of them. Um, yeah. yeah, he jumps which... in the way and pushes Omar out of the way. But yeah, had Omar been... Technically, he saves everyone. Because Omar got hit by that. Then no duet. Yep. No no demon. Yeah, so he, he saves the day, really. And his brother comes by and so like, why? He's just like, you know, wanted to be the good guy. And then dies. Like, and the roller skate stops spinning. Yeah, like the symbology yeah. which triggers again a great that was actually a pretty well executed moment. I'm like, you set this up nicely with this character, and like this 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 arc actually works better than anyone else's arc <laughs> in the movie. Like it's uh, and it leads to the death of or this death sacrifice of Mock, the ending of Mock, because mm-hmm. what the brother what's the brother's name? There's Slug and then there's Toad Toad. Is it Toad, Toad Sleaze yeah. and Sleaze? Sleazy. sleazy. Toad Sleazy. Sleaze. Yeah. So one of well, those Toad two. Toad loses I can't his shit and is it Toad? throws yeah. Mock into the fucking hole with the demon as the demon's getting sucked down. Mm-hmm. Um, as he's screaming, no one, you know, and it's sliding down. It's like, ah, you lost your shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good job. Yep. And Which kind of reminds me. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. It's like yeah. crowd goes wild and Mylar, the rat nightclub owner from before says that the band is like the new thing yep they've learned yep. nothing <laughs> no, the nothing absolute power like corrupts <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't uh he doesn't even know what the band's name is neither do we so <laughs> yeah um so that i would say the, an- the animation is very experimental mm-hmm. in, a, in, a, in a unique way like not in a bad way it's like, very different than what we oh, talked about last week. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, y- it's not y- as polished as as Star Chaser was. I don't think. Yeah. But. There's some weird moments, and I've I've read other people have noticed this too with the animation style, where it kind of sometimes they'll they'll cut to a, a a scene or a shot, and it takes a second for the animation to start. That's like there's these weird pauses. That's actually part of the MGM editing. Ah. They legitimately no, actually it? cut out certain animated parts and replaced it with others. And they didn't do it as a good job. MGM did not, like I said earlier, did not care if this made it. In fact, yeah. they when they released this, um, they didn't do, they barely did any marketing if they did any marketing at all. And they only put it through like a few hundred theaters and... So this movie had a budget of $8 million. Like, mm-hmm. there was a lot put into this. And uh, Nelvana, this was, all their, all their chips were in. This would have made them, like, lose They almost did go company. out of business, yeah. They almost did because this movie only made $30,000. And that's because of MGM's lack of faith and kind of, you know interfering and not quite understanding like how this thing would work luckily now they, they fucking worked it out because they did a series of well-known animated things today including inspector gadget for example that like saved them but man mgm just really wanted to put their finger into this one yeah. i i did read that in one of the early drafts of this instead of mock just wiring 
Angel up to get her to sing, he was literally going to transform her into a guitar. And yeah, that's play fucking dark. Her. Yeah. So it uh, probably some good changes made there. Yep. That would have been really <laughs> yeah. strange. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this one it was released in April of '83, and did not do very well. <laughs> it yeah, it lost a lot of money. I think its box yeah. office was thirty thousand. So yep. lost a lot of money on it, uh, but. It, it eventually developed this cult following, and then as we mentioned, the, there was, there's been a couple of different uh, releases of it. There was an American version and a Canadian version. Yep. And I think and we agreed before recording that we're looking at the American version because Paul Lamatt is the voice of Omar in this one. Um, and the Canadian yeah. version's a little it's bit... It's widescreen. Yeah, it's a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, and there's a couple other changes with the ending and stuff like that. And I think there's the the prologue isn't present either. So yeah. parts of yeah. the prologue parts aren't it, present. Yeah. yeah. So And the only the I only think basically like the second bit of that is not present. Yeah. The only yeah. version that exists of the Canadian version is now like VHS copies and like copies of those copies because the the original footage was lost in a fire. Again. Yeah. Thank you, MGM. Pretty sure they had something to yeah. do with that one. Um the curse continues. Um, yeah. So, but uh, yeah. yeah, that's that's rock and rule. Um, rock and rule. Do you guys? Yeah. I guess we can go in. Do you have any final thoughts or a grade on on this one, Eric? Let's start with you. Um, you know, it's it's amusing for what it is, and I'm glad I saw it. Uh, I think it's got some some cool things in it. There's some um, cool moments in, in the animation. I think uh, a couple of memorable characters, mostly just Mock. I think as a just if you're gonna if you're gonna walk away with something that was memorable from this, it's him. It's his songs. It's his musical, and just just his persona as like the villain of this movie. Uh, everything else is fairly forgettable. Even some of the music, as much as I enjoy it on the music level. Um, I don't feel like it really is important to the plot of the film. That's why, with the exception of the mock songs, like we talked about um, earlier, it's um, so calling it, you know, a musical is a bit of a stretch of the term. But there's certainly it's about music, so I guess it's, uh, I guess it counts. But the rest of it, like the you know what the story of what it's about, it's it's a bit of a mess. Uh, seems a little puffed up getting it from place to place. Like there's just not as much, just not enough plot to carry it through. Even its its small runtime at like a like eighty minutes or so. Um. So yeah, I don't know. It's it's not one that I, it's not one that I regret watching, but I would be hesitant to to recommend it to to many people unless you are specifically like looking for like hey I will I really liked heavy metal per se which we'll talk about next week or um you know something like oh cool you did something in that vein if you want to watch something else in that vein this is something to check out um but it's kind of like uh it's a poor uh substitute for for heavy metal or a poor imitation of heavy metal although i don't think it's directly an imitation because it's not an anthology and it's not um yeah but yeah anyway yeah i i think I think I'd probably land at like a C minus on this one. Um, I was kind of leaning towards the C range, so maybe I'll just be nice and give it a C because I don't find it. I don't think it's totally unwatchable and totally un, not entertaining. It's just also not a very good movie. <laughs> I guess it just it doesn't hold, hold together all that well. And the the fact from the get go, one of the things that bugs me is that Omar is such an unlikable twat from like the second he goes like. <laughs> Had they made him like you know, and you could even have him button heads a little bit with with Angel. That's fine. I'm not against that. But just he was just not a likable character. So to root for him, like there's never a moment in this movie where you're rooting for him in any way. In fact, Mock is so much cooler. You're almost willing to like be like, yeah, I'll just just let him you know mock summon his demon and let it eat the world. I'm cool with that. It's pretty <laughs> fucked up anyway at this point. So, but yeah. That's just saying something because Mock is slimy <laughs> as fuck. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. What do you? Th- but he's wa- he's watchable. He's an entertaining so he's a good villain. Like he's yeah. yeah, yeah. What do you think, Ryan? 
Um, again, it's gonna be one of those situations where echoes, uh, surround us. Um, it, that's where, I, I struggle with this movie because, like, I think the music is actually pretty good, but I, I, it is a, not a great movie. <laughs> um, I think a lot of, like, the animations in some areas are really cool, and others, I think, are not well done. <laughs> uh, specifically with how it lines up with the audio. And that's another thing, too. It's just, like, some of the delivery from the characters is just, like, I don't think that some of these people were meant to be actors in the first place, even though that's hard to believe. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, I, like I said, I'm, I'm kind of struggling to figure out exactly how I feel about this, because it's like, I think I like a lot of parts, but also, like, this is not a great movie. I think I like it more than, like, the last movie we just watched, the last animated film. I uh, So, but it still it feels like it falls into that C range. Um, but, I mean, there is stuff to get out of this. But, my God, I agree. Almar is just such a prick. <laughs> like it's hard like there's hard to have any characters that you really attach yourself to minus like like the wonderfully portrayed uh mock but you don't really want to root for mock because again he's also a shitbag he's just destroying the world because his fucking album didn't drop but there's a there's a slimy cartoony evil there that's just fun to watch so uh, weirdly mm -hmm. enough he he saves the day by trying to like rule the world um so see it's just a see and there's Uncle Mikey as well. There's Uncle and there's Uncle Mikey. So yeah. there, there are gems. There's a reason that this is a cult classic. Yeah. I, I totally see yeah. it. This is oh. definitely for certain individuals. I'm not going to be too much kinder, but maybe a little bit. Um, and I'm trying to remove the kind of... I don't even want to say it's nostalgic because I think personally it's almost like a thing of legend. Like, yes, there was this movie <laughs> I vaguely remember as a child. And, okay, I saw it in my 20s and... At that point, I was just so excited. I'm like, this is fucking awesome. And now I'm watching it going, oh, yeah, it's definitely got some problems. Um, it's it's better than I think it, it could have been, considering the studio meddling. Anytime you have different releases with different versions, you know, it's, it's a Blade Runner type thing. Not to directly compare yeah. it to something like that. But, um, <laughs> no, I, I really like the music in it. Honestly, it's funny that a lot of people really like the, you know, Earth, Wind, and Fire's dance 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 i could i'm not a disco fan so i could kind of take that or leave it um but <laughs> i do like the cheap trick songs i like the lou reed and the iggy pop stuff the debbie harry stuff so i i it's worth watching just for the songs for me um but yeah the animation is kind of weird and choppy i've never really liked this style of animation in other things um it's but I also appreciate yeah. that it's like fucked up, fucked up Disney, which I kind of like. There's a charm there that it's really like a dirty yeah. Disney. Um, and the experimentation with different animation styles, I thought was pretty cool, too. So I'll actually give it a C plus because, yeah, the Omar character is so fucking bad. Uh, it, it's kind of a it. It doesn't help the story and the disjointedness of the way the story is told definitely gets in the way of, of I think, casual viewing. So. If you really yeah. like Cheap Trick, if you really like any of these artists, this is definitely one to watch. But, Or if you happen to be watching a bunch of movies like this, yeah, include it. But by itself, yeah, it's it's not that great. It's, I'd give it a C+. I'll give it a little bit of a nicer one. So we, we average out at C. We're averaging so at the C I think range. That's fair. Yeah, I think it's pretty good. We're at another, this is another C. Yeah. Just a C of C's. But yeah. <laughs> uh, this one, unfortunately, is not available for streaming, but you can find it in the uh, Internet Video Archive, which is uh, where I found it. Um, but I do have it, it on TV as well. It was on YouTube in, by 2019, but when MGM was bought out by uh, Amazon, Amazon uh, had them take it everything down. Everything changed. So. But, uh, yeah, yeah but, maybe uh, if, if, again. if you're looking for something like this, check it out. But, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't rush to, to find it or anything. But we would definitely love to hear what any of our listeners think of Rock and Rule. Uh, 
is this one that you watched? If you know what version you watched, uh, love to get some kind of a discussion going. You can share any of those questions, comments, criticisms, or witticisms to the Video Junkyard Podcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram on our main Video Junkyard Podcast pages. If you write it, we'll read it, and we look forward to hearing from you. And uh, we'll hope you come back and join us for more reviews on the Video Junkyard Podcast. As we mentioned many times throughout today's episode, we'll be looking at 1981's Heavy Metal for the third and final chapter of our 80s... I'm looking for a better word than adult animation, because like you said, that's a little... <laughs> but um, 80s animation... I don't know. Don't have anything. Trying to... Don't have a slogan for this. Animated uh, music films from the 80s that were not targeted at young children. Well, they're also sci-fi, so... That's catchy. I like it. Yeah, it rolls off the tongue nicely. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And then after that, we're going to... Whether or not these uh, episodes will actually come out in the month of October, but uh, I'm not sure, but we will enjoy watching them in the month of October, so we're going to go through our uh, Halloween movies coming up, so we'll a little more next time on what will be included in that, but I know for a fact that Serpent in the Rainbow and Return of the Killer Tomatoes are going to be featured in our Halloween watches this year, so come back and join us for that. And we want to thank you once again for listening to the Video Junkier podcast, and we hope you've enjoyed it and we'll uh, share it around. And until then, I'm Joe Peterson. I'm Eric Branson. And I'm Ryan Seiscold, saying... So until next week, boys and girls, goodbye, and be good! You have been listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. You just can't let them go? Go! Stay on the road. Keep clear to the moors. We want to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast and remind you to find us on social media on Facebook at facebook.com slash Podcast. On Twitter at Video Junk Pod, and on Instagram as Video Junkyard Podcast, all one word. Want to thank you again for listening and keep digging. Who knows what treasures you'll find in the Video Junkyard? <laughs>